What is up, guys? Welcome to Rice Cakes and Pears here with my friend Tanner Ralph. What is up, my man? Hey, man, how you doing? Just chilling, man. We are uh, gonna do a podcast, I think. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, That'd this be... would be really weird. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been led astray. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, so Tanner, uh, we met like two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Sick. Something like that. Yeah. So uh, me and Tanner, we go to the same church, and I just remember Tanner just being this. Freaking unique guy. I remember he came in to church wearing a uh, men's romper, which was freaking epic, I gotta say. Um, you... Shorts romper, too. It yes. Wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the, the full pants. It was shorts that went well above the knee. Dude. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. And uh, I just remember, like, just being drawn to you. Just, like, I like different, unique, weird people. And I remember you saying you did comedy, and I was pumped about it. You just had this funny, almost morbid humor. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I digged it, man. It was sick. And I, in church, I remember we were uh, talking, like, we do this thing in church where people go up and share what they're going through, their struggles with uh, God or just life in general. I remember, Tanner, you went up and you kind of uh, talked about how you have bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was freaking like bold and brave to just be like, yo, I have bipolar disorder. Because like, <laughs> I've, I've never met anyone and I think there's like maybe a stigma or this idea of like these bipolar people are crazy. Like, oh, like who knows? <laughs> I mean, Kanye West is bipolar now. Yeah, so I guess he's got much more extreme cases than <laughs> yeah. I do for sure. But uh, totally. Yeah. But I just really like, I, I admired that. And uh, with this podcast, it's a lot of it is about mental health. And I just want to bring in people who can bring a unique perspective to what they're struggling with. Maybe they're thriving, whatever they're doing in life. Um, but I was wondering if you could kind of talk about your journey. Uh, I don't know when you're diagnosed with bipolar and we can kind of go from there. Yeah. So it, uh, it really started when I was a Mormon missionary um, around the age of 19. Uh, I, I was out as a, a missionary in Everett, Washington, which is north of Seattle. Oh, nice. Uh, and I was just feeling um, incredibly depressed uh, to the point where like I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to do anything. Everything just started causing panic within me, uh, a lot of anxiety. Uh, so I brought it up with my mission president. We decided it was best that I go home. But this was before mental health was a thing people were talking about. This was 2008. So uh, I always say I got depression before depression was cool. <laughs> um, yes. But, uh, and of course, I say that tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I came home uh, for depression, but without any diagnosis or anything like that, we just decided it was best that I leave because I was just angry and terrified and sad all at the same time. Dang. Uh, just overwhelming feelings that I didn't understand how to cope with. Uh, and so I came home. Um, I had a really hard time with the church, actually, because, uh, again, this was 2008. We weren't talking about mental health yet. We weren't talking about depression and anxiety. And so I felt really shunned from a lot of people because people didn't understand why I came home yeah, after dang. three months. Uh, and I didn't even understand. So it made it really hard. And so the first thing I did was got away from, from a home, which was Ohio, where I was growing up. I mm. uh, came out to Utah, went to college. Uh, and just kind of forgot about the mission completely. Just decided to just live my life as, as much as I could. Um, and then I don't remember what the specific thing was. But it just, all of a sudden, depression became more of a, something that was being talked about in the open. Yeah. Um, and, and I was talking with, I know what it is now, now that I'm saying it. Uh, a friend of mine had also come home from his mission. And he was like, yeah, I came home from depression. And I was like, is that why I came home? 
because uh, we there was no official reason why I left. Yeah. Um, and so when I was talking to him, I was like, ah, shoot, this all sounds familiar. Uh, this all sounds relatable, uh, listening to his experience of depression. And so that's when I, I started to self-diagnose myself with depression. Uh-huh. Um, and even that alone was a big relief. Because um, even if it was self-diagnosed, there was no medicine to go with it. There was no treatment. But just understanding, oh, I have this was enough for me to be like, oh, okay, I, I can understand at least that's what it is. Even if I don't understand what it is or how to approach it, just knowing what it is 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 a relief in itself. Not a complete relief, yeah. but enough of one. Was it nice to like finally be able to explain to people like so that they wouldn't like mess with you? Or like not necessarily mess with you, but um, like bother you about it? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Uh Kind of. I mean, it was still a time where mental health wasn't totally talked about yet, but it was nice to be like, well, I, I at least understand myself. Yeah, I had a legit freaking thing going on. Yeah, exactly. So I went another year or so just on self-diagnosis of just knowing, okay, I have depression. Uh, that's what it is. And then I started failing a lot of classes at UVU when I was a student there. I was sleeping a lot. I was just having a lot of panic attacks just about going to school and going to classes, uh, and this was the first time where I realized I should probably see someone about this. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, I went and met with a doctor uh, and just filled out a little survey, talked with her about a lot of my issues, and uh, she told me that I have bipolar depression, is what she calls it. Um, it sounds made up to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, sound, it sounds like something she's like, yeah, you got this, now get out of here. But it, <laughs> it's a legitimate thing. Uh, and so she gave me some medication, which, uh, it kind of balanced me out, but also made me sleep harder. So I stopped taking <laughs> okay. it. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of my, my journey to, to getting diagnosed was, uh, it was a long journey. It should have been addressed much sooner. And I'm really happy as much as I joke about how depression is trendy these days. Uh-huh. I'm really happy that it's much more of an open topic and that it's much easier for people today to get the help they need and for it to be less stigmatized. Totally. Uh, because I didn't have that kind of environment, and so it took me much longer to get help that I needed. Dang. And so when were you diagnosed with bipolar depression? Uh, this would have been 20, uh, maybe 2010, Okay. I think. So about two years after your yeah, mission, kind of. Yeah, two, two, three years. And then I went back on my mission in 2011. Okay. Um. And then uh, the depression and anxiety got worse again, but this time we knew what we were dealing with, and so instead of going home right away, I made it a few more months, oh, and nice then eventually thing. went back home. Um, but, you know, I felt a lot better about yeah. about that effort. Well, uh, it's always like, at least for me, like, if you grow up in the Mormon church and you're a dude, it's like, oh, you're... Not like you're expected to go, but it's like, I mean, it's kind of ingrained in you. Not, yeah. I, it kind of sounds like we're brainwashed. <laughs> but we it's kind like... of are, in a way. It sounds bad, but we kind of are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're right. There's no, uh, it's not a, um, in the church's perspective, it's not an eternal saving uh, thing. Yeah. It's not, sure feels uh, like it, though. Yeah, it's not an action that's required of anyone for any uh, grace or, you know, glory or anything like that. Um, but it definitely feels like you have to. Yeah, it's almost like it's the it's almost the trendy thing to do because mm-hmm. everyone, okay, where are you going on your mission? Oh, sick, sick. Yeah. Um, but I can relate a little bit. I mean, I came home early for my mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out 15 months. Nice. And 
Yeah, it was sick. But uh, again, it, missions can be hard, man. Yeah. Mentally taxing. Well, yeah, I was going through a faith crisis too, which did not <laughs> help at all. And so every time I'd knock on someone's door, I'd always think of the scripture. Uh, I can't recall it off the top of my head, but in Doctrine and Covenants, in which Joseph Smith has revealed that anyone who uh, did not hear of the word on earth but would have has the same chance in heaven to hear about it. Yeah. And I heard that as like, okay, so why are we teaching anyone? <laughs> like, why don't we just leave them alone and let them live their lives, and then when they die, they can hear about it in a better place than we are Yeah, here. they can explain it better, right? So <laughs> I'd knock on everyone's door, and I'd be like, hi, do you want to hear about a message from Jesus Christ? But inside, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't do it! Turn away! Turn away now! Dude, that's, uh, that's legit, man. I, so, I can understand that. So then there is that. Um, I, I've gone through a lot of my own faith crises, too, and so to have a faith crisis and then be in a place where you're supposed to be teaching people about that same faith that you yourself aren't totally sold on. Yeah. It's a very bizarre experience and everyone goes through that in some form or another, some degree or another, but mine just felt very, very severe. Dude, I I can only imagine that. I, I agree. Like we all go through a faith crisis. Um, so since returning back from there, I mean, it's been, couple of years. <laughs> yeah, been about nine years now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, not like a, like I want you to go through every detail of nine years, but like how has uh, maybe religion been for you? I mean, what, I mean, I'm sure there's been struggles. We all struggle. Um, how has that played a part since uh, you opened up about that? <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's been uh, pretty good, actually, for the most part. I mean, it's bipolar depression, yeah. so... There's some days that really suck. There's some days that are fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Dude, what now, does it feel like when it's fantastic? Like, well, even even manic has its its side effects. Yeah. Um, really, manic is great for when you want to get stuff done. Uh, you know, I could probably go days without eating and sleeping wow. and just work. Um, so that's great. But it's not great work you're doing. So it's, <laughs> it's not even like you're you're on a suit. It's it's not a Superman, you know, superhero kind of thing it's just a lot of energy that and focus that i don't really experience um but also you're you're not focusing on other things you're never in the moment Mm. um so as cool as manic is for getting things done it's not like it's your best work and you you, you're kind of avoiding other things too um so they both have their downsides uh, well, I'm sure. I mean, it's like you're either high or low. Yeah. At least that's what I know about it. Right, right. And, and it's not, it's more like tripolar for me. It's high, low, and normal. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel pretty normal for the most times now. Uh, it felt less so earlier days. I think maybe I just got a hold on it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. It, but to answer your question with manic and, and depression, one thing that really bums me out is it's not a, a 50-50 split. It's like a 90-10 for me of like, yeah, yeah, or, you know, 85-15 of most times I'm depressed. When I hit manic, it's great, Um, but it has its side effects when you come down. Uh, And the come down is really hard, too. Yeah. Um, You know, sometimes I'll recognize I'm in manic, and then I'll be like, oh, that means I'm about to get really sad. Uh, Because you don't just go to normal. It's like you're jumping from a higher spot. So you sink even lower. Dude, that sounds exhausting. Uh, yes. <laughs> Dude, that sounds so exhausting. That's a very good uh, <laughs> definite, or yeah, very good assessment. It is very exhausting. Dang. Um, and so uh, what, 
helps? Is it just meds? Is it therapy? Is it... Um, I mean, I, we're not, like, prescribing people, but I'm just well, curious. First of all, no one should take any of my advice seriously. <laughs> uh, because what I'm about to say is insane. I don't take any medication, uh, even though I probably should. Um, every medication that I tried, it came with some other side effect that was just ruining me in some other way. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I feel like with mental health drugs, like, there's some side <clears throat> effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so, like, uh, Seroquel, when I tried that, it just made me more tired. So I was missing school and missing classes because I was sleeping too hard because I was depressed, <laughs> and then I'd take Seroquel and I felt more normal, but I was just more tired. And yeah. so I was sleeping through classes again. <laughs> uh, so it didn't really fix the problem. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember talking on, to, Seroquel. I remember talking to my doctor and I was like, hey, I don't think this is working. It's like, well, it's it's a fine drug. Just try maybe a lighter uh, dose. And so I'd cut them in half and then do that. And it was still making me tired. And, like, so many people tell you that, like, yeah, they, they'll they try different drugs until they find the one that fits for you, which was terrifying enough for me to hear. So for me to go to a doctor and be like, all right, let's do this process. <laughs> and then the doctor's like, no, we're going to stick with this one that's clearly not working for you. Dude, it's so frustrating. <laughs> uh, and then I just hated waiting in line for doctors and going to doctor's offices. So I just stopped going. Dude. And I stopped taking any medication. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> do you use essential but, oils? <laughs> no, no. Um, I did, uh, I did at one point try smoking weed and that made me super anxious. Uh, here's what they don't tell you. Like when you're in high school or, you know, you think if you've never smoked weed, you think it's just all about good, happy feelings Chill. and everything makes you laugh. There are some people like me where it makes you incredibly paranoid <laughs> and anxious uh, so like, um, the few times I smoked weed, like I spent all night doing math numbers, trying to figure out if time was going faster or slower <laughs> and having legitimate panic attacks about, frick, about the concept of time. Damn. Uh, and then another time I was at a show, um, and everything out of the corner of my eye, I thought was a monster. And so, so yeah, so I thought that would help because so many people were like, oh, weed's great for... For people with depression or mental health, uh-huh. and maybe some people it is. Yeah. But for me, it is not. Uh, it made me way more paranoid, way more anxious. Um, it, it's something that just <laughs> terrified me. So it's it's something that I don't do anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. so meds don't work. Uh, well, you're choosing well, not to do meds. Well, I, I don't want to say meds you. don't work. What Seroquel doesn't work, <laughs> and I haven't tried anything else. Okay. Uh. So. Hey. I, I can respect that. My my brother has ADHD. He did meds, made him depressed, so he took them mm-hmm. off. So. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to do your thing. So, yeah, so what's worked for me is just knowing that I have bipolar depression and knowing that nothing lasts forever. Um, so whenever I'm feeling depressed, uh, I can have a little bit of hope of knowing, all right, this is just a wave of depression, and it will recede. It might suck right now. It'll probably suck for the next few days to the next few weeks. But it does recede and I will come back to normal. Um, And just knowing that and just being able to deal with it in front really helps. Also avoiding triggers of, uh, you know, for me, I'm a very extroverted person. So I have something I do almost every night uh, where I see people. Oh, nice. Um, That's really cool. Friends or, you know, uh, coworkers. Things like that, whether it's even during COVID on Zoom yeah. calls. Sorry. 
No worries, man. So avoiding triggers, too, has really helped keep me normal and stabilized, too. Great. And when, so Tanner as well, um, you're really big into comedy. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I kind of want to just hear when did that start for you, like making jokes and doing that stuff? Yeah, 2015 uh, is when I really started listening to stand-up comedians. Um, just, I don't even remember what got me to do that. It was just fun to just start listening to stand-up comedians. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I really want to try this. So I looked up a few open mics, found one in Provo. Uh, and then went and did one open mic. Uh, the host was Rodney Norman, who is doing Dry Bar this weekend. Sick. Uh, and it's become a, you know, I want to say a close friend, because it's not like we're in that much contact. But <laughs> anytime we're in the same room, he's always someone I can go talk to and, and catch up with and get advice from. And he's great for the whole comedy scene that way. Anyways, that was my first open mic. Nice. Uh, and it went great. And then I transferred schools to BYU-Idaho from UVU. So all of a sudden, I'm in a new town, new school, no friends. So I was like, well, let's let's look up stand-up comedy, and there's a stand-up comedy workshop. Nice. And that's how, uh, basically, I got my friend base started in, in BYU-Idaho, was doing that. So now every week, I was doing jokes and making friends along the way. Well, that's sweet, man. Um, and you're, you got some shows that you've been doing. Where... I kind of want to like promote what you're doing too. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we got to get the word out. Like, what what are you doing today with comedy? Uh, yeah. So if you're in the Provo or Utah County area, every second Friday of the month, I have a stand up comedy show in uh, Improv Broadway. Sick. That's on Ninth East in Provo. Uh, it shows at seven thirty p.m. You can find information of that at improvbroadway.com. Uh, the show is called the Comediathlon. It's a stand up comedy competition that I created. Sick. That's it's a awesome. lot of fun. Um, and a, a lot of my very funny friends, funny, <laughs> a lot of my very funny friends uh, are uh, are participants in that. So it's it's a great time to to come and laugh. Uh, I'm also part of a podcast called We Liked You First. Uh, it's mostly funny. Uh, we haven't done a serious. We just did a drama actually, <laughs> um, but most of them are pretty funny. But it's still a great podcast for young writers or writers who haven't been discovered. We, uh, we do an interview with you, and then we do a reader's theater of your piece. Uh, and I'm part of the acting guild on that one. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, I'm in a, a sketch comedy group called The Darned. We're uh, still putting out videos. <laughs> so it's uh, we're, we're in the new process. Right now, at the time of this recording, we only have two videos up. But we're recording another one tomorrow. We have another one that's been recorded. So nice. Uh, you can always subscribe to that on YouTube, The Darned. Sick. Uh, a sketch I wrote uh, about a waiter is the first one on there. So, dude, you you can't resist a waiter. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, uh, just to wrap things up here, mm-hmm. um, two things. Was it hard to tell people you had bipolar disorder? Like, was that scary? What advice would you have to someone who maybe has that and is scared to tell people? Yeah. Um. It's always hard up front. Yeah. Everything is. Uh. So yes. It was, uh, but it gets easier the more open you are about it. And if you don't want to tell people, if you don't have to, you don't have to. Don't feel compelled to, as long as you understand yourself. And I think because I'm such an external person, I did tell a lot of people because when I say things out loud, really it's me saying things internally. Nice. I Um, I get that. And so if if you don't need to and if it terrifies you, you, do what makes you happy. (laughs) As long as you understand yourself, that's all you really need. Um... You know, and, and sometimes even I wonder if I should be so open about <laughs> my mental health. Because, like, it, I would love to be a professional comedian. 
And now I wonder if down the road, if every uh, interview I do, they're like, so you're sad. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if, if you're terrified about it, um, I think you'll find that the more open you are, the more love you'll receive. And you'll be surprised to find out how many people are also in your same situation. Um, you know, so if, if it's something that you feel you need to share with people, take that step. It's terrifying. It is. And I totally understand that. Uh, but I think you'll discover that the more open you are, the more help you get. Um, love it. Yeah. Thanks dude. And the last thing is what helps distract you or do you try to distract yourself when you're really down? Like what, what do you do? Do you watch movies? Do you Mm -hmm. Netflix? Like what? What helps, you know? I, I don't know. Uh, comedies are always fun if I'm if I'm alone, but really the best thing for me when I'm in a low is to avoid being by myself. Uh, so if I can find a community, if I can find something to do or people to be with, that's always better for me. If I can't avoid it, then yeah, comedies on Netflix. Um, I play way too much Rocket League. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I'm not as good as I should be for how much time I play on it. Dude, but, I struggle with that one. Uh, <laughs> I can't turn correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so really, it's just anything to distract you from yourself, I think was the good way you put it. Um, for me, I need to get outside. Yeah. But if that's not an option, then things to just keep me from thinking too much to myself. Yeah, no, we all think too much, man. Yeah. Well, sweet. I uh, appreciate you, man. Tanner Ralph, everybody. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. Woo! All right. Peace out.